Hello, everyone. I am excited to be with an amazing guest today, and that is my wife, Allison. Allison works an incredibly difficult job. She stays at home with our three crazy boys, which is a huge job and actually doesn't pay too well. Allison. That's wrong. I'm still waiting. Yeah. So, Allison, thank you for joining me today and being brave to talk about finances on the podcast. Thanks. I've never done this before. I'm sure you'll be great. Money people love to talk about is in marriage. That's a common topic, but they seem to, I think they miss a lot of the really important points or they sugarcoat it or they'll tell you what you want to hear. And that's why you're great for this sort of topic. You're like the most direct person I know. And you're very honest and there's no sugarcoating. So she's not going to tell you what you necessarily want to hear. She'll tell you really how it is. And on top of that, we have been married 11 years and we've talked about money a whole lot, maybe sometimes too much. I don't know. And so we got that going for us, right? And also- Wow, we're still still here. We're still trucking. (laughs) And also I've had a really good track record with clients so I can share a lot of experience from them working one-on-one with people. There's been a pretty solid staying married. I don't want to jinx us, but we have a very good or a very low or non-existent divorce rate. So I think this should be a good conversation. We're going to be talking about money and how we manage money as a couple. And hopefully we can get into some of the experiences we've had and hopefully you'll gain a little bit from it. So Allison, I wanted to start with just money is a hot topic or can be a hot topic. I don't know if it has to be, but um, I'm sure you've heard of like money's the number one cause of divorce. And I'm just curious of your thoughts on that. Like why is money mentioned as the number one cause of divorce so often? What's the deal with that? I don't have the answer, but I can see why it is such a problem. You take two people probably two people who were pretty independent and like you and I, we both had jobs. We had our own finances. We had our own homes. You get married and all of a sudden you're combining that. Um, At first, personally, I didn't find that too difficult. I think that became a little more difficult when we had kids and I stayed home. I think it's also one of those things that's really easy to not pay attention to. Nobody like wants to sit down on a Friday night, like, and have a date and let's go over budget. Super hot. Except Nobody wants me. to do that. I'm the but only I person that wants it's... to do that. <laughs> That's not normal. I think, yes. I think that to me, I guess an analogy would be like your finances or your financial health. It's like your weight. Nobody wants to get on a scale. But if you like don't get on a scale for seven years, you're probably going to get on there and not like the number. So to me, even though it's not like a, but I'm not sure I would call like finances a fun topic, but I think when your finances are bad, not bad is not the right word. I think when your finances are out of control or ignored, I think the stress that puts on a marriage is very high. I don't think it matters how much money you make. If you can't live within your means and come to an agreement with your spouse about what that looks like, you're going to have some big fights. Yep. And I don't think, I think money is just like the end result. I think really the reason is typically um, lack of trust or lack of communication or planning ahead or thinking about these things. Like the money itself doesn't, 
don't think it really would. It does add pressure, like you're saying. It's going to add pressure. But the pressure gets created because there's no plan or nobody's thinking ahead or like you're spending above your means, which somebody needs to make a plan to not spend above your means. Um, and or there's not a lot of trust. Maybe finances highlight a lack of trust because and we'll talk about, I think, some of those examples today. Of Do you, I was thinking before we hopped on here. I was trying to think, what do I think the most important thing about finance and marriage is? And I think it comes down to trust and respect. Do you trust your spouse? You don't. I don't know what to tell you. But if you can't trust that person, you know, you're going to have some pretty big problems. I think if you can trust the other person, but I think, I guess before that, I think you have to have if you don't have the same values as your spouse or what's important to you for money or what money allows you to do, I think you have to get on the same page with that and, and actually be on the same page. Just not be like, oh yeah, like blah, blah, blah. Like you've got to really think about what money, what you want money to allow you to do and what you want to do with your money because it's a limited resource so it's like how are we going to decide as a couple about what matters most to us and then trusting the other person that on a day-to-day basis you're making decisions on what you say actually matters to you yeah that's a bunch of stuff that's trust and respect is i agree like necessary and i agree like i don't know what to say if that's not there yeah i guess you just have to work on you gotta build up you don't feel like you have it it's not to mean that that's like you're screwed it's like you can build trust or build it back or gain respect and so that's its own thing once you have solid trust and respect or assuming your trust is there and you have good respect that doesn't automatically mean you're good because i know lots of people that have that and are struggling no but i think that where you have to start is saying do we really care about the same things do we show with our money that we care that these are the things we care about and and trusting the other person yeah and i mean i think you have to have a plan like i think like budget's not like a super sexy word but i think you need a budget because i think most people do not know myself included where their money goes on a day-to-day basis i think Mm. For me, it is helpful to have a budget, see where the money's going, you know, seeing what categories are chronically over, which ones you're doing well on. Um, So I want to, I'm curious about the values thing, because that's huge too. Some people might have solid trust and respect, but to me, that's like the second layer of importance. It's what's most important to you are your values on the same page or do you talk about them or are you like creating them or tweaking them as a couple not everybody i have so as a financial planner we get to ask people what their values are like i it's important to understand what's most important and like where you want to go in life because that's what the foundation of a plan is and so we get to ask people that and i am i've learned just from experience most people aren't clear on what's most important or they haven't thought about it or they're like i've never really sat down to Talk about what's most important. I think for us, though, as a couple, like maybe it's because I'm a financial planner and I 
talk about this kind of stuff regularly, but it seemed like we were like locked on values from the get go. What are your thoughts on that? There's little small things here and there. Don't do that face. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm just trying to think. I, yeah, I think you and I had a lot of conversations before we got married. Tell them about our first date, please. (laughs) Just briefly. What did I ask you on our first date? I would say uh, on our first date, one of the funniest thing, one of the funnier things you asked me was what my five-year plan was. Right. I did not have a five-year plan then. I do not have a five-year plan now. I think that plays into knowing your strengths and knowing your partner's strengths. Daniel, obviously is very financially savvy and handles most of our long-term things. I handle a lot more of the kids' expenses, the daily expenses, the grocery expenses, home repairs, things like that. Like, I think one thing you can do is you got to trust the other person. Like, that I know that you're handling it. I'm not saying we don't sit down and talk about our long-term plan and I like to understand what's happening. But... If you naturally fit in a role, one better than the other, sometimes it's good to divide those things up and not have one person doing everything and the other person being clueless. But I, we just have naturally gone into those roles, I think, from what, you know, what right. we spend a lot of time doing. Yeah. So, um, so we got the trust and respect. We got values and making sure we're clear on what's most important. And then you mentioned money as a tool. Basically, it's is what you were saying is like, understanding how you want to use money as a tool. A lot of people view money as the end goal. Right. I think that gets into a, that could get into a very long discussion. But a couple like understanding how you feel about that particular topic is probably a good starting point. Do you 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 want to be rich to be rich? Because you think if you're rich, your life is easy. I think a lot of people think that. I think I fortunately had parents in a childhood where finances and savings and invest I thought it was normal because that's your childhood but like I look back and I think I probably had a little more financial understanding than the average person just because it was talked about it was talked about I guess I was taught that you are to work hard save your money and help other people But I think I also taught that a lot of your blessings, you're blessed by God to be a blessing to other people. So to me, yeah, I would love to drive a brand new car and have super nice clothes and go on super nice vacations. But like, to me, is that using your money well? And to some people, maybe the answer is yes. To me, no. Like to me, supporting our church and being involved in community or as well as our children's education and our home is important to me, as well as what I feed my children, things like that. I think you have to decide as a couple, and I'm not saying one's right and one's wrong, but I think you have to decide as a couple where you want your money to go based on what matters to you. Yeah, and that's why values are by far the most important thing. Like you have to understand what values are as a couple and make sure that's discussed and even revisited over time because ultimately that's what it comes down to you're using money as a tool to move closer to those 
And when there's a conflict, that in itself can be the issue is when there's a conflict in values, one person's using money to move towards them. And then the other person is doing the same thing, but they're not the, they're not on the same page with the values. Yeah, I think, I I think that's a big thing. And I think it's the kinds of things people don't think to sit down and talk about because we're all really busy. Life's crazy, especially when you have little kids. And it's something that's easy to slip through the cracks. I guess to me, I also see money as a tool to do the things that I want to be able to do. I want to be able to plan our family vacation and know that it was planned and budgeted for and not going to end up as some huge expense we didn't plan for and now we're fighting about it and there's credit card debt and all that to me i think you're better off to sit down with your spouse for 10 minutes and say hey let's look ahead at the next year and think what do we want to do and we want to take our kids skiing so what it's do we not cheap to, to go to skiing is it Allison? right no it's not especially with little kids but that's something that's really important to us is to we both love to ski we want the kids to be good skiers And so like, to me, yeah, I'd rather drive my 2012 Honda Odyssey with no car payment and take the ski trips I want to take. And that's Mm. fine. And someone else has different priorities for their money. And that's fine. But Mm. I'm on the same page with my spouse about what those priorities are. And for us, we want to be able to take trips. And we don't really, if you saw our cars, you would probably realize... We don't really care about what car we drive. We'd rather take a great trip out west and take our kids skiing. Yeah, and that's that's where you get. Once you have the values set and you're on the same page with your using the money as the tool to make progress towards them, then it's just about like execution. Like, how are you? What are the steps you're taking? And that doesn't always go well. It rarely goes perfectly, but that's where the budget and the planning and the tactical stuff comes in. It's you know. Are we, is our money doing what we want it to do? I think a lot of times people struggle with that too. It's all these areas are like independently challenging in different ways. It's you have to get in the weeds every once in a while. I know we talk about money. I always bring my spreadsheets. You can get on me about my spreadsheets. You're like, put the spreadsheets away. But as we approach discussions, I always have my spreadsheets <laughs> with me, but like Money discussions, it seems like they oftentimes get into the weeds first. I don't know. What's the wrong way to start to talk about money? I have my idea of what that might be based on our conversations, but I'm curious what your thoughts are. I I think the wrong way to start is an accusatory. Like the. Like, you're why we have this much credit card debt, and it's because you bought this, and you have this, and you have this. That's I the think worst. That's, I think that's definitely the wrong way. I why don't you get say, a job? I'm, Yeah, work more, spend less, or I'm having to work this much because you spend this. I think I'm glad that you don't do that to me. I hope I don't do that to you. I think that probably will solve nothing in the long term and just make you resentful and make you never want to talk about money. Yeah, but there are ways I've brought up. I know I've brought up things not exactly like intentionally being like pointing fingers, quit spending money, but I'm like, Oh, I got the credit card statement in the mail today. And I'm like, <laughs> what's this transaction, Allison, on blah, blah, yeah, blah, blah. Yeah. That's probably yeah. not like the a terrible, that's not like as bad as the example you gave, but I'm sure that's not the right way. To- yeah, I remember I have a specific example. I what remember is that? a painting. It's a painting that oh, I bought gosh. in the dining room. 
you were like, what is this store? And I was like, um, and you were like, okay, that's, that is at the level of dollar amount that we need to have a discussion about before you buy it. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry. Okay, you're right. That, that's an item that needs to be discussed. Do I call Daniel and say, hey, I'm paying $7.99 for organic raspberries? No, we need to have a piece of furniture recovered and I'll pick out a fabric and I'll get an idea of what it costs. And that is the kind of item, line item that we have decided as a couple <laughs> that we're going to talk about those things before. Just Daniel went out and bought $1,500 ski boots and skis. That's the kind of thing that we need to be on the same page about. Yeah. But I do think, I know it's no fun, but I do think if you can sit down with your spouse and come up with a realistic budget and that is because I don't want to be micromanaged. I do probably 99% of the buying for our family and I have no interest in being micromanaged by anyone and by Daniel. So to me, let's sit down as a couple, let's decide what we think is a reasonable amount that groceries are and what we think is a reasonable amount of kids' activity or babysitters. And if you're staying within or near those numbers, I think it takes strength off because there's nothing to fight about. Mm -hmm. If you set, you know, you're a target. kid's activity. Yeah, if you're on target and you've agreed on the numbers, then I'm not going to say, oh, I see you went to Starbucks every day this month. Like if it's, if you've both talked about that line item, that's just a random example. Or if he's, oh, are those new pants? Yeah, they're new pants and they fit in my shopping budget. Back up off me. It works for both of us. Yeah. But I'll I think if you're just like flying blind, uh, it's, I would think that would probably lead to more arguments unless you're both just like huge penny pinchers and never buy anything. But I don't well, think that that's probably. That causes its own set of problems. There's a different set yeah. of problems that can happen. I mean, have, you take two adults, you put them together, you start sharing your finances. Yeah, there's going to be disagreements and fights and discussions, but hopefully... You get on the same page because you talk about what you want in the future. So like yeah. when our kids are older, I want to be able to travel more. I want to be able to go see these places and do these things. So what do we say now that we need to do to make that happen? Because you mm -hmm. can't have it all. You've yeah. got to decide what you want to spend your money on. And I don't think there's, you're going to spend it either way. I think it's probably better to have a plan if you're going to, if when you're doing it. Yeah. But it's hard to combine. It's hard to be. We're all selfish. So, you know, you got to work on that one. And what do you think about separate finances? As some people, I think it's very, that you get down that path. You're like, this is hard. This is hard. We're hard to, so it's especially when both spouses are in income. It's like, just separate it. Maybe. I think if you're married, your finances should be combined. I don't know why I asked you that up. question. I don't know why I asked I mean, you that you know question because I, I know exactly what you think. And but I'm curious. Um, I think it's an important I thing to think if you are married, to me, marriage is when two people become one. So you're two people and now you're one entity and you're a family. Even if you're a couple with no kids, you are Tie the you are, Yeah, you're together. And to me, I can only Im imagine the resentment that I would feel. 
if we had separate finances. First off, I have not been on loan for nine and a half years. But even if that I that wouldn't had work. It, it's not, what are we gonna split the groceries down the middle? Like I, <laughs> I don't know. To me, or who's paying for the kids' soccer? Who's paying for cleats? Who's paying for the electricity? I'm not paying like, for it. Yeah, like to me, that would actually think that would cause more problems than sharing your finances but i don't know because i've never done it but i could see how that i can see the appeal but it's ripe for i mean it's lack of transparency which is lack of trust there's it's ripe for do you think that if you want separate finances and maybe there's a specific reason you want separate finances maybe you saw a horrible example of combined finances but to me it's like you have to, you got to trust this person. And if you don't, then maybe you need to talk about how you can, can't trust each other. Goes back. To I'm the sure original. there's been many times that I've been irresponsible with money, or maybe you were annoyed by something I bought or did or spent. But I think you have to work through those things because that's part of marriage. Yeah. I wanted to go back to the budgeting thing before I forget it. The way that we've evolved in our conversations about like, budgets particularly first of all like i don't like budgets most people don't love budgeting every once in a while there are people that enjoy budgeting but i think most people hate budgeting or dislike it and but i have an appreciation for it what has got what has been frustrating for me has been like the minutiae detailed stuff that's unnecessary to track and allison has helped me to realize some of these things too but one suggestion i would throw out especially for those of you that are like doing the planning part of the equation is building in margin into your budget. So that's what I did a while ago. It saved us a lot of like just annoying frustrations with little things. I just built in like a 10% margin into our budget so that it wasn't always going over because <laughs> it was frustrating for me when it always went over. And But the problem is in a budget, there's just these little things you don't think about that will always mess your budget up. Most of you listening have, as physicians, you're going to earn high income. And that's a nice benefit of having a higher income is you don't have to watch every penny necessarily, but you don't want to go the complete other direction. So Allison has used this approach where she kind of like zeroes in on categories, which I think is really good because what's the point of writing down your pay payment every month? And that's where a lot of people start with budgeting. They're like, oh, I got a mortgage. I got utilities. I got a cable bill. I got internet. I got what's the insurance premium divided by blah, blah, blah. And they go through all the fixed things. And then the variable like kind of stuff is they're like, I don't know. Let's guess. They have no idea. So your approach is more like, well, I don't care about the fixed stuff. Talk through that. Okay. So the way that I approach budgeting, first I have to preface this by, it's not that I don't care about the fixed expenses. Daniel and I know what our fixed expenses are. We've gone over our fixed expenses and we know our fixed expenses are reasonable and responsible like yes you that's know a good disclaimer so that's the first thing so if your house is too big maybe you need to sell your house we have our fixed expenses we know what they are it's not like we ignore them but i don't need to track what my water bill is every month because at <laughs> the end of the day i can't really change what my water bill is. so i for me everybody's different for me i like to track what i view as discretionary items so 
That's everything. The things that I feel like I have control over everything from like groceries to babysitters to kids' activities to school to dining out to entertainment to shopping to clothing. Um, yada. Yeah, Landscape help. All the things that I actually have control over because why would I sit there and track what my Columbia gas payment is in the winter? If you know that you can afford your house, then you know you're in it, your fixed expenses are okay. For me, I think better to track our discretionary income and I keep those categories categories broad because that works for me like I don't want to have things super broken down I'm not tracking things by kids I'm not you know I'm tracking like a total grocery budget for the month a total dining out and entertainment and a total kids activity this summer the kid activities were like That, that line on them was through the roof, but at least surprising. we knew it was through the roof and it's okay. We know why it's through the roof. And we even said, we probably, should have set, yeah, we probably should have set a budget for summer camps and things like that beforehand. But yep. I think as long as you're in the range, but there's always going to be stuff that comes up. I, a couple months ago, rent had a flat tire, ran over a nail. I thought I could get a pad. I couldn't because my tire tread was too low. And then here I am with four brand new tires. And I was annoyed about that because I felt like it blew my budget. But that's like, like a neat, you got to do that kind of thing. Yeah. And it happens when you, at least I know that month. Oh, and sometimes I'll, I have it like an Excel spreadsheet. And sometimes I'll make a little note like car tires or kids tuition or. Yeah. Or whatnot. Lots of good nuggets. I wanted to, before we wrap up and call it a day, I wanted to talk about one more thing. As far as like regularity of, most people aren't like me and they don't love talking about money. Most people probably dislike it. I don't know. But what do you you think? You don't like talking about how much things cost to get fixed. (laughs) Now that is true. That is true. I don't like hearing. You're more of a long-term. You're a long-term. That's right. I'm a long-term planner. Allison is a short-term planner. So that's a good combo, I think. But what do you think is a good frequency of... You got to talk about things when stuff blows up, like when you have to replace all your tires. Or I like how you said, talked about setting thresholds for like this. We got to talk now because this thing is happening. But like outside of those things, what do you think is a good like frequency for conversations about money with couples when i used to do it a lot more where we would check in like monthly which i do do you remember my monthly emails i do i liked your monthly (laughs) got to feel like it felt like the same thing i'm not great at long-term repetitive tasks by the way but like the email started to feel like the same thing over and over again i feel like i am actually the one that's like when do you have 10 minutes? We need to sit down and talk about money. I feel like I probably do that more than you. And maybe it's because I don't know what's happening long-term, which I Life has got a little... a little bit more interest in. But I think if you like, and it's not like, I'm not trying to scare people. You take, you say the end of the month, you're going to take five to 10 minutes to look at how you're doing. Yeah. I think it's good. And then I think I like to run big purchases by Daniel. He's not and I always say no. Like, I'm not going to go out. But we have, I know at what range I need to run something by Daniel. Daniel typically doesn't need to run anything by me because he never buys anything. But. (laughs) (laughs) True. But I, I think it's good. I bought, there's a lot of reasons I think it's good. 
I think it's good. I help it keep you on the same page. I also think that which would be a whole other podcast about how to honor and respect your spouse with money in front of your children. And you know, that, that I'm never, I would never be like, buy something for the kids and be like, don't tell daddy. Like, oh unless it's like a birthday present or something. That's probably a whole nother, other thing. Yep. But I think that respecting your spouse, respecting the gifts that you've been given, trying to use your money wisely. I think it can be a really short conversation, but I think probably one that needs to happen pretty frequently because I think what happens is if you don't, you get in a situation that you didn't want to expect to be in and now you're both ticked at each other. Yep. Yeah, I think monthly is a good frequency to at least have some little conversation, even if it's just a yeah, yeah. Even, check. I, think uh, so. I just thought of one other thing, <laughs> the little financial organizer. So Allison regularly will tell me, she's like, I have no idea where all our stuff is. Cause I'm the one that handles like the account, like the investments and the accounts and then the long-term planning. And she does like the day-to-day -day stuff. So she's always, what's, I don't know where everything is. And, and I, one thing I think that's been helpful is I give her like a, I guess a personal financial organizer is what I would call it every year or so. And I just gave you an updated one last month, I think, that has. So it's basically all of our. It's like a one thing. You're making it sound more, more scary than it is. It's a one, it's a one page <laughs> sheet of paper. Yeah. Not like a dossier. It's a one, it's a one page sheet of paper. I'm a paper person. I, I have something happened to Daniel. The last thing I want to be doing is trying to log on a single computer. I like a piece of paper, then our fire safe box. And it and took it me has... a lot of time to boil that sucker down to one page. <laughs> <laughs> but it has every account. You can explain what it has, but it's yeah. a sheet of paper. Yeah, it's got all of our account balances, assets and debt, stuff that we own and stuff that we owe. And then it lists the balance and the date and then the contact person. And then it has insurances summarized and then like life key, insurance and... and all the insurance, like life insurance and it's we get into major situation document. It's like something happens. Somebody pulled that thing out. Plus, it's also like a state of the union. Here's a report on how things are going. If you're curious on it, I can I'll link to that template in the show notes in case you guys want to. I'm very proud of it. The well, and it's important and it's something nobody wants to think about, but it's happened overnight. Somebody gets sick overnight or hopefully nothing worse happens. But you want to have a spot where, you know where the things are if you need them and who you need to call and all that stuff yeah and it just makes me peace of mind knowing okay i know i've got everything i need it's in this one spot i know that daniel updates it pretty regularly and it's better to have it and not need it than wish you'd taken the time to do it yeah now if you work with us one-on-one -on -one, you can reach out to us and we'll send you that document <laughs> yeah. too some of you are listening to but we can rep it for you you don't have to because we already track all that stuff there you go Yep. Yep. But anyway, it's been fun talking money with you, babe. Thanks. And we'll see everyone next time. Thanks, Alice. Please know that anything I've said today in this podcast should not be considered advice. It is completely for educational and entertainment purposes only. 
It would be best to view me as just another guy talking about money on the internet. For advice, please consult your advisors. If you don't happen to have a financial advisor already, I happen to know a firm that's absolutely fantastic. It's actually the firm I started and currently run now, Ren Financial Planning. And we would love to get to know you better and see if we might be able to help. Feel free to reach out anytime to schedule an introductory meeting. You can find more info about us at www.renfinancial.com.